We live in a time of monsters, as JJ Cohen points out. Cohen approaches the monster as an embodiment of difference, a breaker of category, and a resistant other known only through process and movement, never through dissection table analysis. India's cultural production manifests monsters as disruptions in and off the popular imagination, a double-edged sword that both challenges and reinforces normativity. Very often, monsters are closer than they appear, and sometimes we even fall in love with them. There are monsters under the bed. There are monsters in outer space. And there are monsters at the gate. Welcome to the Neo Monsters podcast on zombies in India. The Neo Monsters Within, the Others in India's Science Fiction, is a project at the University of Oslo, Norway. The Neo Monsters project delves into how India's popular narratives negotiate epistemes of monstrousness and manifest contesting ideologies with the nation's popular imagination. In this episode, Sami Ahmad Khan speaks to Rashmi Root Devadasan, a writer and publisher from India. Rashmi Ruth Devadasan is a translator, writer, editor, and co-founder of Blaft Publications. Hi, Rashmi. Thank you so much for joining us. You have written a short story titled The Occurrence, which is about zombies. Can you tell us a bit about your works with zombies in them? Also, what interests you about zombies and what inspired you to engage with them in the first place? Hi, Sami. So, uh... The story that you read is about imagining a zombie apocalypse in Chennai. And it's mainly from a very woman-centric point of view. It's basically vignettes of different women and how this incident, this occurrence has affected their lives. Because I think the thing that interested me was uh, like most of the zombie literature I've read or most of the shows that I've seen is very, you know, the entire world in which the zombies are set is quite bleak. It's quite, um, you know, there's uh, very little hope except for something like Ash versus Evil Dead, which is one of my favorite shows because it's just so over the top. Evil Dead was cult in Chennai back in the day. And I think cult in most parts of India, which had big movie theaters you know I don't think language was a barrier but I think that you know it's it's a it's a worldwide cult film and uh, you know more than even I would say like any of the Romero films uh, at least here in India like everyone who's my age or a little older than me has seen that film what if it wasn't so bleak but there was this ever-present danger just around the corner have to go down the road to get uh, you know uh, your idli batter ground. But at the same time, an everyday task like that is a life and death situation. So then, you know, you know that the scourge is there and it's not going to go away anytime soon because there's no cure in sight. So then the people who have survived and learned to live with this, what does life look like? I see what you mean. 
Perhaps you can tell us more about a pitch you wrote for a TV commercial that had a bride fighting zombies at her wedding. I worked in the Tamil film industry for like a decade and then I took a break from it. Uh, I worked as an associate director. So I do love films and hope to, you know, write screenplays eventually. So I watch a lot of movies. And during the intermission, it's always sari ads and jewelry ads. And again, maybe this is just specific to me. I was just like, it's the same boring format, you know? It's a girl, she's feeling sad because she's leaving her home and the father is feeling sad and the mother is feeling sad. Or if she's not feeling sad, then she's just getting ready and then she comes out resplendent. Okay, we get that. But I'm just like, you know, like, and you hear this collective groan go around the audience also. Because, you know, the same commercial, if you're a regular film goer, you're seeing the same thing for the, you know, for three months. And it is grating, you know. You know, maybe 20 years ago, people would, might not have been ready for it. But now, so I'm sitting there and I'm just watching and it's all, and it always goes through my head. Why can't they do something interesting? Why can't they just push the envelope a little bit? And one day I came back and I told my partner, I said, you know, you know, you know what would really stand out and would make people remember these jewelry ads is if there was this wedding and the bride is just about to go and sit next to her groom for the ceremony when a bunch of zombies come and the husband is like nervous and doesn't know what to do and the crowd scatters everybody else is hiding and these you know a bunch of these people come up and it's the bride who gets up and it's like because you don't want to mess with a bride on her wedding day right she's probably dreamed about this you know done immense planning and she's like okay this is it i'm going to deal with this i feel that it's a situation that has so much dark humor people will be talking about this for decades to come that you're the only person you're the only maverick who went in who took something traditional but gave it such uh you know took it in a direction where most people just could not predict what was happening now it is this yearning to do something new that propels a lot of contemporary zombie narratives manik dhar for example writes about zombies in delhi jugal modi writes about zombies in mumbai but you specifically write about zombies in chennai and tamil nadu may i ask why chennai well because i'm from here i was born here i did most of my schooling here i know this i mean this is the city where i spent most of my biological life thus far so it's just very okay. natural that i would write about a city that i know whose physical markers and geographical markers that i know about okay so now that we have more clarity about why chennai why this particular location i'd like to know more about the semantic elements you play with in your narratives now you have consistently engaged with monsters for example kumari loves a monster I want to ask what is a monster for you and why this fascination with sutras of monstrousness So I think I didn't grow up reading a lot of monster lit except you know I mean you, you knew there was Frankenstein and you knew there was uh, uh Dracula but um I think in the 90s when you could get access to a lot of graphic novels and more kind of you know comic books that weren't just archies or tintin or asterix i got into reading a lot of batman <laughs> and batman has like this huge gallery of villains right that are just insanely bizarre 
I like monsters that don't really come from a set mythos, but that have been created by various urban situations or created by a mythos that doesn't come from a religious text. I think for me, that is very interesting. And I think that's why I like some of the villains from both the DC universe and the Marvel universe, because they are just, they're either created by science or they're created by accident or they're created from, even if they take their roots in mythology, it's not, you know, it's, 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 it's from something not many people know about. 100 years from now, or 200 years from now, what is that generation going to look back in terms of literature and in terms of horror? What is it going to look like for them? It's going from, you know, your standard ectoplasmic creatures or your standard creatures born from uh, chemical disasters to more AI and more tech-based monsters, which is also quite interesting because, you know, even in that, I think people are trying to find different ways so it's not just something that's a machine, but it's also, you know, code is seen as a kind of monster. This is what is really interesting. What is going to be the future evolution, uh, you know, from starting from folklore, all these things that have come up, you know, what is it going to, like, what is someone who in their 20s, 200 years from now, you know, going to look back on? Can you tell us a bit about Kumari Loves a Monster, the illustrator of the book and the journey? The illustrator of the book, Sham, is a dear friend and also he has been the go-to illustrator for the last 20, 20 plus years. So, and he's one of the most prolific artists I've seen. Um, and he's just amazing with what he does. You know, I told him I had this idea for this book that I want to do with, you know, women who are in love with monsters that we create from scratch. Like I had briefs for each of the monsters. I knew how I wanted each one to look, but I couldn't, you know, I don't have the drawing skills. And but Sham was like, totally, he was like, you know, I'm so happy that you have this idea and let's do it because I've also been looking to do something different. But you were telling me that there is a Telugu ad for a soft drink with zombies in them. Oh, so somebody did make an ad film with zombies in it, but they put like two of the biggest male action stars in it because because i think thumbs up also as a brand is uh you know associated with uh high octane testosterone driven energy so i was like oh so somebody is actually thinking about putting zombies in ads so we would definitely love to see more zombies and monsters around quick question do the monsters that you create also critique the world in which they are produced and consumed like I said, for me, it's more about the creature creation, building, world building, or seeing how they navigate the world around them. But I don't have like set criteria on which, uh, I don't have set sort of social criteria on which I sort of base them on. Is there a message you would like to give to budding writers who want to create monsters in their mind and outside? Or perhaps to those who would want to create monsters in collaboration with visual artists, what should they be doing? Like, I, I don't feel I'm an authority on anything. So <laughs> this is not coming from that place. But it's more of a sharing, I would say, than advice. Meticulous, detailed briefs. I think if you're someone who thinks visually, just put it down on paper. And minute details 
really are very important. So it's not just, you know, just a large outline. You have to then go deeper. Like even if you, you want to want to describe what the stubble is going to look like on the toes of a creature, you should do that because no detail is insignificant. I think when you create a creature like this, especially for a visual medium, people who like text plus graphic images that go with that, that like detailed graphic images or detailed, you know, detailed illustrations or paintings that go with the text, they will pour over it and they will notice all your little Easter eggs or all your little, you know, all, all the little things that you feel, I mean, who's going to notice, but they will. And, and I think that's the joy of owning a book like that. There has to be give and take, you know? So the process has to be collaborative. And uh, I think once you develop a rapper with whoever you're working with, automatically you'll, you'll reach a place where, you know, you understand what the other person means. So there's no, you know, it's not like one person is taking control or one person is sort of, you know, talking over the other. Thank you so much, Rashmi. It has been a learning experience talking to you. Okay, thank you for having me. May we learn to coexist with the monsters around us. This podcast is part of the Neo Monsters Project. To learn more about the project, log on to www.neomonsters.cofutures.org. In the next podcast, Sami will explore even more monsters from India. Monsters of the world, unite!